Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa, a full-scale B2B podcast agency. We help businesses create podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. You can learn more at conversa.com. That's Conversa with two N's. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Jack Foster. She is VP of Marketing at WorkRamp, which is an all-in-one learning platform that helps organizations scale learning experiences across the entire business and ties learning to business outcomes. So Jack, it is really cool to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Let's jump right into our topic today, which is discovering your unique content voice. So let's first start by kind of defining what we're talking about. So when we talk about a content voice, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think when I think about content in kind of the bigger picture, right, there are really some main goals of content. For us at WorkRamp, it's about creating community. It's about being a resource for our customers and prospects and really anybody that's looking to up-level their learning experiences at their organization. And so the reason I say all of this is because Content Voices is about helping people. It's about helping navigate challenges. And it's about being a place where people can come to find answers or discuss challenges. So, you know, that comes to life. The the way that comes to life, I think is really important. And so that's the voice, you know, we're, we're trying to be. How do you go about discovering your unique content voice? Well, I think this is tried and true, right? When you're thinking about your audience, you really want to, A, use language and really, you know, use the words and and talk to people in kind of a real way, right? And so kind of when we're thinking about tone in general, I think it's about conversational and really understanding your customer and and deeply understanding what their challenges are and talking to them in that way. So it's kind of on the tone side. When we're talking about finding our voice and maybe unique point of view, you know, I think that it has to really tie back to what we stand for as an organization. So, you know, you said up front that WorkRamp is an all-in-one learning platform that scales learning across the organization, right? What is that? What, you know, what's our unique point of view? Why is that important to people? Why should people care about that? I think, you know, your voice and content also has to really share what your point of view on kind of the world is. So, kind of twofold in answering that question, both on the tone side, as well as, you know, how does it relate to kind of what, what you're out talking about in the market? You know, I am, I imagine that a lot of your competitors, maybe all of them have at least a, a, a value proposition that's somewhere in the same ballpark, right? Tying learning experiences to business outcomes, right? Certainly a very, a great value proposition, but I'm sure any company that, you know, that you're competing with has something is also saying something like that, right? It's like, in other words, it's really hard in just like the actual messaging to be totally unique, you know, saying something that no one else is saying. That's just kind of a given, right? So how much attention do you pay to what your competitors are saying? And how does that help you inform your voice and your tone? 
I mean, I think, you know, you're right. There are a lot of competitors specifically in the LMS space, but I think the way that we're able to differentiate is actually going back to something I already mentioned around customers and really understanding deeply our customers. So, you know, I think we try to partner with customers when we're creating our content. Again, we go back and look at, you know, more specific things that customers have done with WorkRamp or that customers have overcome. And I think that really differentiates, you know, a lot of what we're, we're going out and talking about, right? The other thing too is I think we do have a unique point of view. While there are players in the space, there's not a ton of players that really have this kind of all-in-one product. And so we, we back up a lot of the content that we're, you know, we have thought leadership content and not everything has to be super tied to product, but we do really take a look at when we're, you know, answering questions, how does that actually tie with what you can actually do with WorkRamp? And I think that is a differentiation point compared to some of the competitors. We do look at what competitors are doing, of course, like any business, but that's an input into what we're doing. I wouldn't say that's guiding our entire strategy. Of course, they're going to take a look at that, but I think, you know, we want to stay kind of true to the goals that we're trying to achieve and, and answer the questions that we know our customers have. And that helps us stand out. Right. Okay. You got to at least know what the other people are doing, but not get too, too caught up in that to the point where you're like, well, they're doing X. Do we need to do that too? Or right. I mean, at the end of the day, you sort of, I think what you're saying, you have to go back to your basic principles. Like, well, what are we all about? You know, why does, why does our company even exist in the first place? Like, what is our purpose in the world and how do we help people? And, you know, and it kind of all flows from there at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, I think that's a nice way to summarize it. Can you give us some examples of the process in, in discovering your your content voice? Because I'm, I think that's something that is not static. You know, it's you start somewhere and it develops over time, and it's something that you're maybe you know evolving and changing, kind of more or less constantly in in small ways. But you know, how has that? How has your approach to this changed over time? Yeah. So when we're thinking about kind of our content strategy overall, content marketing is a huge thing that we're investing in because it really relates to two of our bigger goals as an organization. One of those goals is to create community, right? And so again, be a resource where anybody that is in kind of the learning space can come and find valuable information, whether that's how-to tips and actionable things they can actually do, right? After they read an article or attend a webinar, all the way to more inspirational type of content where might be a little bit more forward-looking. These are things that we think are going to happen in the learning space. And so really creating community is, is one big goal that that kind of guides what we do as well as wanting to give people actionable tips. And then the second kind of goal is that we are out here talking about a story around how, you know, the LMS, how it actually is an extremely strategic investment for organizations to make today. When we talk about learning, you might kind of heard of like learning and training, you know, in the past might have been this thing, right, that you kind of do because you have to, you might have to take a training to be in compliance or whatever it is, but we are out here because we see it in the results our customers are achieving. And we just, we see that learning is really a growth engine, something that can really propel your business forward. And so we're thinking about our content. It's really with those two goals in mind. How can we, you know, share how learning can really be something that can propel your business forward as well as how can we give people valuable content? And so we're constantly evaluating how to kind of answer those two questions. 
So those are maybe just setting the stage around like two goals that we have with our content marketing. And then, you know, again, I think it goes back to what kind of questions do people have right now and how can we answer those questions? So when it comes to the actual day-to-day of what we're creating, there's a lot of inputs that go into that. We do things like interview customers, right? Right. Just what what are things that they're dealing with? What are best practices they have? That's a big part of an input into our strategy. We listen to gong calls. We listen to, you know, discovery calls that our sales team is having or listen into customer calls to really understand the experiences that they're kind of dealing with on a day to day basis. So these are things where we can then kind of do the backward step and say, okay, well, people have questions around this. How can we help them navigate these challenges? That's a big input into our content strategy. Uh, We also have subject matter experts internally, which, uh, you know, have been an incredible partnership really with marketing. Our director of enablement at WorkRamp is, you know, best in class. She has a ton of experience in her career. She's actually doing it at WorkRamp as well. You know, she has her peers and, and sharing ideas with her peers. And so she also brings us a lot of great ideas and insights that we can then bring to life through different uh, mediums and channels. We have, you know, our our VP of HR, similar thing. We sell into, you know, L&D of people team. So she is also a really great resource subject matter expert as it relates to selling into L&D. So kind of taking all these inputs, customer insights, you know, what sales is talking about, insights they're getting from prospects and customers, subject matter expertise. And then we, you know, figure out the best way to go out and kind of answer those questions or put out a point of view on it. And you're right, it is constantly evolving because, you know, there are different things that people are are dealing with. If you looked at kind of the second half of last year, you know, you're dealing with the great resignation. And so everyone is thinking about how do I retain talent? How do I attract, you know, top talent? We're in a different situation now, right? We're in a in kind of up against big macroeconomic headwinds. You know, there's been a ton of, of crazy stuff happening in the news. Like it's it's a different world right now. And so the challenges people are up against right now are, are different. It's how do we keep our workforce engaged? How do we, you know, we have lots of, we have big targets to hit. Like what are the things that we need to do? And so we might, we might change kind of how we're answering those questions, of course, depending on the context of how things, what's happening kind of in the world, right? So one thing that I'm taking away is that, again, going back to this concept of like a unique content voice, it sounds like there are two real, at least two really important elements that you just described. One is like the voice of the customer, so to speak, right? You mentioned listening to gong gong calls. So literally listening in on how customers talk and what they're asking about. So that's one, the customer's kind of point of view and input. And then, as you mentioned, your own internal subject matter experts, right? And that the unique customer voice that you've crafted over time is in some ways like a synthesis of those two things. Does that seem fair? Does that seem right? Yeah. And I think also, again, I don't want to, I mean, we do have, again, our our kind of point of view as a company, right, that also plays into all of this. So I think I think those three inputs are probably kind of what I would say, what we're, what we're thinking about as we, as we move forward. But yes, that, that's a fair statement. Okay. And it would be sort of be like, like point of view as a company or like your reason for being, right? Like your mission is sort of the, the framework in which you synthesize this unique voice that has different inputs, the internal subject matter experts, people, your customers, prospects, and so on. And it all kind of, so within this, within the company and sort of the ethos and the reason that, that the company exists, that comes together to help you as the marketing leader fashion content in, from a particular angle using particular kinds of 
language and tone that kind of channels that that channels that voice and puts it out there. You know, I know a gong gong is a really popular tool, right? And it's like it can be so valuable just to listen in on calls between salespeople and customers, right? And that's useful, I think, as you described, because you're just you're getting really good information, right? What do people care about? What are their challenges? To what degree do you also pay attention to their tone? In other words, not just what they're saying, but how they're saying it and the specific language they're using, like words and phrases. And to what extent do you sort of try to, in your content, kind of incorporate that stuff and kind of talk back out to the to your audience using that a similar tone or similar language? Like, is that part of your strategy? Absolutely. I mean, this is, I think it's super important to use the language that your customers and prospects are using because then it is more credible. It also just makes more sense to people, right? And so even if, you know, people, people are, maybe there's a good example of like micro learning, right? That's a tactic that a lot of our customers use in order to kind of put out bite sized super powerful content, but it's not like you have to go take an hour long course. You might only have to go through like a 10 or 15 minute video with some challenges, like whatever that is. And so if we're, we want to use that word, right? We want to talk about micro learning because that's how people describe that. And if we were using a different word, we wouldn't look credible. People might not even know what we're actually talking about. And so we look for those types of opportunities where it's like, okay, we know this is a challenge. How are people actually talking about this? And how can we bring that through? And, and Gong is a great tool for that. Obviously, you know, talking to customers, even looking on like LinkedIn, for example, right? Where people are posting and sharing like, hey, this is something I'm up against, or this is something that I just achieved. And kind of looking at the language that that's used there. I think that's um, really important to, to how to just, again, be credible and, and, actually answer some of the challenges people have out there. And I mean, I would think too, that this can give you, and by this, I mean, gong calls LinkedIn, just wherever you're investigating your audience any way you can, right? That you'll, you'll kind of also get a sense for, you know, do they have an appetite maybe for content that's a little humorous or is it more, nope, they just want like, just give me the basics and that's all we need, right? Because there are some audiences that are that way, like very technical audiences, right? Might just be like, I just want the specs or whatever. So I imagine that that's also, I mean, that that's a big part of the tone and of voice of your content, right? Sort of, are we going to be more locked down? Are we going to be a little humorous? Like how much leeway do we have there? But you have to know whether you can do that or not, depending on your audience's appetite. Yeah. If it's going to resonate. Right. Exactly. And yeah, I think I said in the beginning, like we, we try to take a conversational smart approach, right? We, we want to, we want to be credible, conversational, friendly. And so that's where we've chosen to, to kind of land on tone. And it is because of the inputs that I've said, but you know, we, there's also ways that you can kind of test into pushing the envelope on things too. Like we're heavily invested in LinkedIn in the sense that we put out content on LinkedIn every single day, right? And again, if you think about what I said before, this is about building community. That's a place where people go to get information. So that's why we're doing that because we want to help people. You can kind of do almost like mini tests to see what people like on LinkedIn before you go, you know, invest in a big blog post or a big 
webinar or a big event narrative, that's actually a nice kind of testing area to see the types of things that people react to, that people are engaged with. And, and that also, you know, you can get some, some nice learnings out of kind of these micro tests, if you will. So kind of an evolving thing, though, for forever, as you already mentioned. It's never static. Right, for sure. As your audience evolves, as the company evolves, right, things don't stay static, right? Which, and if they did, it would be boring, frankly, right? But it doesn't work that way. So, okay. So kind of wrapping up a little bit here, what's your advice for marketing teams then that are still very much maybe near the beginning of the process of discovering what is our unique content voice? What's your advice? Where do you, how do you begin that journey? I think it does come down to... Again, the, like it, it, summarizing the things we've talked about, it's what are your goals of your content program, right? So what are you really trying to achieve with it? Understanding that, that will help direct what you end up doing, where you end up investing time. I think it's understanding your customers and what are the main challenges you need to help your customers solve and your prospects solve. And I think too, like there's a million different challenges, I'm sure that you can lean into. I, I think re I recommend, you know, starting with a couple key, almost like topics or themes that you want to kind of go deep on, because that's going to help you establish your point of view on those topics and start to really put more of a narrative together. So establishing that up front, understanding the language, and even just setting, you don't have to have like huge brand guideline. But I do think that if you're if more than one person working on this, which likely you are in marketing, you should have kind of a set of, hey, this is what our like guidelines are for how we're trying to talk to people, kind of align around that. And then I think you just got to get started, honestly. Like it's going to be probably not perfect in the beginning and maybe not perfect ever, but I think you actually just have to start writing or start putting out the videos or start posting on LinkedIn and practice, you know, practice makes better and practice eventually hopefully makes perfect, but you kind of can't be scared, right? You just have to kind of put it out there and start to start to refine as you do it over time. The other thing I'd recommend too is be really clear about where you're going to invest because right now there are a million different ways you can get your content to life and, and there's total benefits to, you know, a lot of different areas that you can invest in. So you have to kind of weigh like, I wouldn't, I would say, don't try to don't try to boil the ocean off the bat. Don't try to be on every single channel, you know, every day, like pick one or two horses to ride and um, get really good at those and then expand your program. You know, we've spent this year really getting our content engine up and running. And so I have to give a lot of props to my head of content, Farrah Rosenzweig, who's really, you know, helped lead the charge around what our program could look like helped operationalize it. Her and her team member, Miley Simone, are doing an excellent job. So big shout out to them for helping get this into a really great spot at WorkRamp and super excited about, you know, what's to come. We're in a great cadence now, for example, on our blog where we have really regular content coming out on our blog on a re regular basis. LinkedIn, again, is, is something I've already mentioned that we've spent some time investing on. Now that those are, you know, two in a really great spot, we have other opportunities that we're going to start thinking about how we get our content and kind of voice and narrative out there even even more. So I think that's that's a really important tip is don't don't try to do it all at once because it will end up being too much. So hopefully hopefully those are some some nice insights as people are thinking about this. Yeah, no, those those are great insights. That's really solid stuff. So so thank you for that. And hey, Jack, thank you for a great conversation overall. Really enjoyed it, and I learned a lot. I hope you had a good time too. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, thanks. 
that's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.